Hello, welcome to another episode of the Men's Wear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today on the show, I'm talking to the founder of Futsol, Nicholas Wilson. And Futsol, spelled F-U-T-S-O-L, is a premium, stylish, sophisticated football apparel for on and off the pitch. They draw inspiration from the simple pleasure of playing with the ball. They see beauty in the ball, in the places where games of football are enjoyed around the world and those moments of shared connection and joy. And you can check out the apparel at footsole.co. We'll leave all the links in the show notes over at menswearstyle.co.uk. And you may have noticed it's been a while since we've had a guest on the show. And of course, as a result, the default mic was set to my laptop and not my Rode microphone. So my audio is a little thin, but that's okay. Nico comes through just fine. And let's face it, it's only Nico we want to hear today. So I'll get that fixed for next time around. And if you're interested in coming on the show to talk about your brand, email us here at info at menswearstyle.co.uk. In the meantime, here is Nicholas Wilson to tell you about himself and futsal. Sure. Um, so I was born and raised in London. Um, always a big sportsman, keen sportsman, whether football, rugby, tennis, cricket, skiing, etc. A uh, big part of my life and growing up. Um, I moved to New York for college, undergraduate, and then did a graduate uh, degree in journalism in New York. Um, and it was during that period where I was sort of entering the world of digital media, content marketing, uh, journalism and, and when brands, the sort of D2C brands of our generation, the Caspers, um, et cetera, were creating digital content and sort of publishing their own magazines and storytelling. Um, and it was when I really started to think about brand building and the brand that I really was attracted to at the time, um, mainly through their sort of YouTube uh, videos and amazing uh, aesthetic was Rafa, the cycling brand from London. Um, which I came across during that period and spent a lot of time in the in the coffee shop and was a big inspiration for me um, and what they've created. I see. So uh, going from New York, coming back to London, is that when you discovered futsal? Was it kind of on the plane on the way over? Yeah, it was a sort of, I was playing a lot of amateur football after work on a sort of Wednesday, Thursday night in New York. Um, and I recognized that, you know, the, the experience of playing football hadn't changed for me for 20 years. Um, you know, all, all around me, there were these experiences from yoga studios and Pilates and uh, whether it's Barry's boot camp or, or you know, where you, where you captured a community and people stayed and hung out at the bar afterwards and had a shower and got changed and went back to work. Football was still, you know, you turn up, you pay a fiver. Uh, to the organizer it's all done on whatsapp all very manual someone's dropping out last minute you've got to find a ringer from the side of the pitch um and i was always just a bit disappointed that this experience that obviously so many of us loved and was a huge highlight of our week um was often badly organized and sort of hadn't really evolved um you know in the past 20 years uh, so i've always thought there was an opportunity to bring the football amateur football experience to another level um, which is something that we, yeah, we're aiming to do first through product and then through experiences and community. Maybe we should also just describe futsal is, um, and perhaps you'll be best placed to do that. How do you how do you describe sure. it to your friends at us? Sure. So we call it a, a sort of lifestyle destination for football lovers. Um, we produce primarily 
football apparel that's suitable both on and off the pitch that isn't tied to any professional team or clubs. Uh, I always felt as a as a big football fan myself, I would never wear, I would rarely buy any football kit. Um, people I was playing with were often wearing, you know, Lululemon shorts or old cotton rock and roll t-shirts to play. Um, there was rarely any sort of new Nike, Adidas, Man United or Chelsea gear. Um, and I started making me think as a consumer, you know, there weren't many options for me. Um, and I was, you know, wasn't buying football specific apparel. Um, so, I, you know, I thought there was an opportunity to create something that is obviously football and its design aesthetics, um, but it may be a bit softer in terms of graphics without sponsorship and, you know, garish Chevrolet logos and yeah. you know, bright, brighter colors suited for the television. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was something possible, a bit softer and, and uh, I guess, a bit more stylish. And also without a name on the back with a player that's going to get sold in the transfer window that maybe only lasts like six exactly. months. And now you're stuck with like <laughs> a, a £180 top that you can't wear because he's gone to your rival team. Um, so are there, are there shirts, uh, athleisure in terms of can you play football in these? Are they designed for, you know... <laughs> playing football in the park or are they designed for more kind of social events and, and going out? Definitely. So something we noticed uh, early on in, in doing a bit of research amongst players and friends is, as I said, you know, people were playing in cotton t-shirts um, in old vintage gear from the 80s and it didn't seem to affect their performance. So, so we realised, you know, the newest Nike dry fit and Adidas, uh, you know, extra tight uh, Spurs jersey, doesn't make actually doesn't make your five side performance much better. Um, so yeah, we realised that there is a possibility to use these fabrics that are um, obviously sweat wicking and have the performance of um, athletic fabrics, but are also more suitable for leisure wear. Um, something we're looking at is a lot of, of fabrics are sort of PK polyester, which is that sort of old cotton style where you have a bit of um, a sort of variation in the in the fabric it's not totally flat um and we're looking at bringing in you know older fabrics that were used in the 80s and 90s such as merino and, and wool um into our performance uh base so it's so a mix of modern polyesters and um, old traditional sports fabrics and are you designing these yourself or are you kind of like, we have yeah we have um yeah we have a design team um Luke and the Toms. Uh, Luke is a sort of advisor slash sort of creative director who is an ex-Rafa and Tracksmith. Uh, I'm not sure if you know the, the running brand out of Boston. Um, but yeah, he's been helping from the early days, setting the positioning and um, yeah, trying to find a space where we are definitely not competing with the Nike and you know, Adidas of the world because yeah. it's pretty impossible. Well, what's the point? Yeah. So how old is the brand now then? So it's uh, it's definitely a COVID COVID story. Um, launched late uh, last year, uh, sort of this time last year actually, with our first collection um, of four jerseys, different colours, and we quite consciously decided from the get go that you know we would stick to perfecting the football jersey and our take on it first. Um, so we've done a few different designs, collaborations, some more uh, sort of graphic influence, some more understated. 
just to get a sense of you know how we can produce these, what how the supply chain works, mm. um, who our different suppliers are, timelines, etc. And now we're looking to sort of expand that. We, we've, we've landed our first retail partner, uh, launching in for the World Cup. Um, and we are expanding the product range to sort of create a capsule collection, which we'll be presenting early next year. Sure. And was the World Cup always like a destination in your mind when you were starting the brand as to we'll soft market it, but then really hope to get on the on the jet flames of the World Cup and catapult the brand up? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think um, in general, there's so much noise around the World Cup. Every brand is obviously trying to do something football oriented. So, you know, maybe it was a strategic decision to actually stay away from it until while we're so small and, you know, we don't want to compete on keywords uh, in such a popular moment, um, although we're not doing much digital ads, but it wouldn't really make sense. Um, what it does definitely make sense is a sort of what and we'll be doing later this month as sort of our first test events for community building. So bringing people together in an environment where, you know, we can share the brand story um, and sort of test our assumption of people wanting to watch football in a nice environment, um, not the sort of uh, standard lager filled pub where, you know, you don't know who you're standing next to and, and what they're going to be shouting. Um, so Which is great, by the way, when uh, you're in your mid twenties. I've discovered um, <laughs> in the middle of Weber Spoons, and you, but but also, I mean, I remember doing that watching one of the World Cups, the South Africa World Cup. So I guess I'm in early thirties by that point. But it was a real convivial atmosphere. All of my mates, everyone from construction, and we're all just waiting for a goal. But the tournament was so miserable. I mean, that was the one where we absolutely got tonked by Germany as well. I think four one somewhere down there <laughs> but you just all you want to do when you're a fan in the pub is for us to score a goal like when it's a when it's a drudgy nil-nil or like you know there's there's nothing going on in the game and we're crap or we get tonked for one the the pub is actually the worst place to yeah. be because people have just been there pretty much all day and now they now they can't get all of the, they can't vent can they they can't get all of that stuff out by cheering on anything so they kind of take that and trailblaze that into the streets afterwards and it becomes it, something else yeah 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 the atmosphere turns pretty sour quite quickly yeah yeah um sorry i digress i've just i've just recapped a load of my my world cup <laughs> days in the pub so yeah much more now i'm in the now i'm in my 40s very much got to on the telly at home and, and put my tops on and invite the yeah. guys around and have that kind of yeah that atmosphere at home in, in safe quarters yeah um but yeah sorry just going back to what you're saying though about having uh, something i mean you, you didn't plan it to be on the back of the world cup but something that could also get swallowed up in that time i remember i had to a book launch with my book about uh, James Bond style and the film No Time to Die was coming out. I thought, oh, this would be mm -hmm. perfect. You know, release the book, the film comes out, and then we just discovered, uh oh, this is just going to get swallowed up. And you want to release a book yeah. around this time and compete with like trailers on TV and, you know, brands bringing out their own stuff like jumpers. And, and... anyway, so uh, yeah. we, yeah, we yeah, were kind obviously of 50 50 really with what to do with that. It was tricky. Yeah, no, it always seems like the a good idea, and then you realise actually maybe it's best to just sit this one out and and wait yeah. until you have, there's a bit more power behind you to to actually have an impact. But did you find when there was pandemic and lockdown that people had more time on their hands anyway? So in order to get hold of 
people that might be hard to reach, like that perhaps were too busy to pick up the phone. They had almost a lot of downtime, so it was quite good to create a project like this um, because it was, you know, people were more accessible. Did you find that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I think what was really noticeable was how we were all remote. Um, I was in, I was in, in the UK, another was in Spain, two others were in, in Margate. Um, so it was really started uh, online, this brand, and, and through Zoom, um, which was fascinating to see. And what did get difficult was as soon as there's sort of products to touch and feel and fabric choices, sending that around the world four times and, uh-huh. and getting each person to touch and feel it gets a bit more difficult. That's where you really want everyone in the same room um, where you can pin stuff up and sort of just make decisions quickly. Yeah. Um, thankfully, now we, we're able to do that and um, can move a bit faster. But yeah, that, that was definitely a learning. And you mentioned that you've got a retail partner now. So how has that shaped up? Yeah, we're, we're excited. Um, we don't really, they're, they're about to launch in the next two weeks. Um, I think it's sort of still um, under wraps. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see it's, it's a big store on Oxford Street. Um, so we'll see it's a bit of a different target audience um, mm-hmm. to who we had initially imagined. But, you know, they approached us. We're excited to. Oh, that's really cool. Come through. Oh, that's oh, that's much better. I mean, um, I know that yeah. you must be pitching it around as well, and hoping that you know people people become aware of the brand. But for them to come to you must be quite gratifying. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it's uh, it's always nice to have that. And you know, come come January, we'll we'll be pitching to others. So we'll we'll, we'll hopefully get a few more on board. Yeah, definitely. So I'm always intrigued, Nico. When I I much rather start uh, talk to brands that are startups and they're in their kind of infancy as it were i know you've been going a couple of years but rather than like the household name brands and getting people on like designers mm-hmm. and stuff because i feel like a lot of people are in your position that want to start a brand maybe don't know how mm-hmm. but also don't really know how to raise capital so that's mm-hmm. that's always my most for me my most interesting point of a of a discussion definitely. is how you got the capital to raise this get the brand off the ground definitely um you know, now is not an easy time um, in general, especially for consumer brands. Uh, I think the days of the Warby Parkers and the Caspers and the you know D to C brands out of New York, where there was sort of a big differentiation, those days are finished. Um, and I think people are aware that the, the growth trajectory from a consumer brand is very different to that of a sort of software uh, SaaS um, startup. So yeah, I mean, we, we we started with a very small friends and family round, um, and we're sort of still sort of relying on that. Uh, we don't have major plans to go to VC or, or that kind of um, route. Um, potentially, you know, we we would be looking at more strategic investment from an ex footballer or someone who celebrity big fan of the big fan of the sport who you know could become an ambassador for the brand um that would obviously be a a, a more clear route for us um but also we want to build something that's sustainable from the start so hence the wholesale model um for us has become quite important and and that's something we're we're sort of pivoting towards with the idea to grow the direct-to-consumer side with the wholesale side so we can actually uh have retail partners who are, who are showcasing the brand and, and, and finding our audience through them as well as sort of playing around on the, on the D2C side and uh, figuring that out. 
Yeah, it must be uh, quite interesting to have an ambassador that's an ex-footballer. I'm trying to think of someone that's more serious. I mean, Lineker's always a safe bet, isn't he? I mean, I don't think he's good. <laughs> because you also have to think down the road, like what what footballer might get embroiled in a scandal at any point in time, right? You think, oh, I'm going to pull everything, all those photos <laughs> and everything. So, yeah, trying to pinpoint someone, but also that's not so divisive. So if like, you throw it on Gary Neville, no Liverpool fan's going to be buying your yeah. gear, right? So trying to find that balance. I think that's that's also why we're, we're looking at, you know, not only, I think, the nostalgia aspect to our sort of target audience, maybe uh, feel closer to ex-players than current players, um, but also obviously the current players associated with their clubs. Uh, predominantly, so I think that's something we, I mean, look, we wouldn't say no to Harry Kane, <laughs> yeah. us, but uh, you know, it's something we 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 would we would not necessarily. Well, that, yeah, I'm sure you'd be picking up the phone, even if you have to, you know, say goodbye to a lot of Gunners supporters. <laughs> that, might, that might be buying your brand. Well, oh my right, damn it! Exactly. Cool. Well, Nico, the brand looks terrific. I was just showing a couple of screen grabs here. Um, we'll be putting this on YouTube so people can have an idea and a little flavor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can check out the brand at footsold.co and we'll put all the links over on the show notes. But did you uh, do all the photos yourself? Or was it all kind of in house? Because they look, look fantastic. Yeah, so it's something we were thinking about. And I think the, the, the pandemic sort of started this. Uh, they've all. Each project is sort of, let's call it a, a capsule. So this one you're showing now is, is a, a printed goods collaboration. Um, that was a, with a specific photographer who was introduced by the two guys, a friend of theirs. And, you know, we always think that a connection between the subject and the photographer is always helpful. There's a there's a general uh, relaxed atmosphere around the subject. They don't feel tight and uneasy. Um, so at the, at the moment, um, it's all been with a few different people here. But we do feel long-term having a sort of in-house style um, that's immediately recognisable is probably uh, beneficial for that consistency. Um, we look at brands like Amé Leon Dor, which is, you know, one of our favourite pinups. And, you know, what they just do so well is their styling and consistency and look. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it, they've been copied everywhere, but you still know which one, which yeah. one's the authentic one. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's important moving forward. Um, but, yeah, we did a shoot in Rio, um and that was really just finding local photographers who we could send some product to um and have them shoot it in their own style and way um and that yeah that turned out really well <laughs> the cat just jumped on the laptop and pressed a load of buttons <laughs> so that doesn't mean anything to uh still, listening, but it just... <laughs> still recording <laughs> still recording i think yeah it didn't, it didn't completely sabotage it um yeah and so any plans to get into bricks and mortar outside of the concessions that you might have with the retailers? Are you going to do anything like a pop-up to, to test them up? Yeah, de- I think, yeah, definitely down the line, our, our vision, you know, much like the rapper style is to have these sort of clubhouses where people could come and watch games, um, have a retail floor where people can browse and, and speak about product and speak about football um, with like-minded Audiences uh, have a space where you can watch games in a in a nice environment with, you know, familiar faces, and even have your leagues and games organised through the brand. Um, you know, I always felt, you know, if I were to go to New York for business now, and I wanted to play a game of pickup football on a on a Wednesday night, um, it'd be pretty much impossible. I'd have to sort of text around old old groups and probably get ignored. 
Um, yeah. So I'd end up sort of standing at pitch side, like with my hand in the air, hoping for someone to drop out and, and get in. But you know, I, ideally, I could just book a, book a slot and, and turn up and you know play with some people, and uh, that would be the dream. Uh, so that's hopefully something where we can get to in the in the near future. So, what's your position? I mean, five aside. Is it five aside just kind of like a free for all? Like you don't really have defense, mid, and an attack, or am I not doing it any justice? Uh, yeah, loosely. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think probably the smaller it is, the the more the more loose the positions are. Um, but yeah, I've 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 graduated from being at the top of the pitch to to slowly further back uh-huh. towards the goal. Um, as I, <laughs> as I've, <laughs> As I've gotten older, um, at least you're still on the pitch, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nico, uh, thanks for jumping on. I really, really dig the brand. Uh, some, I kind of like the idea of wearing something that's fun and being around football, but not so on the nose, like you say, that you have to wear something so logo heavy. Because, I mean, even though I follow a team, uh, I don't follow logos as such. I don't wear any logos outside of what I might wear on my football top. So having something like you guys, actually actually does a fix for me. So, um, yeah, great. Liked it. Uh, where do you like to hang out? Where's your social channels and, and people can find you? Yeah, we're on Instagram at futsol.co, F-U-T-S-O-L dot C-O. Um, that's the website. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're only on Instagram right now. But if you subscribe to the um, newsletter, we'll be sending updates about any events that are happening in London. Um, and yeah, hopefully see some people uh, at some World Cup events and screenings. Where are you going to watch it? Have you got your seat booked anywhere? It's difficult around me. All the pubs have sort of given up on on showing football on TV. So I think yeah. it's you know more everywhere everywhere is sort of reduced. Um, they've all become gastro pubs and sort of given up on the, <laughs> on the football crowd. <laughs> so, uh, pro- predominantly at home or, or with friends but yeah we've got a f- few places in mind uh, where I'll book a table uh, Nico from me and from the cat it's been great talking to you and uh, I hope to catch up with you again soon you've been listening to the menswear style podcast be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you would like to be a future guest on the show finally please help support the show by leaving a review on itunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast until next time